What's up everybody? GenX Dividend Investor here. In this video I tell you about some of the cons of dividend investing to hopefully better educate your investing decisions. And if you appreciate content like this then please hit the thumbs up button, subscribe if you haven't yet and click that bell notification. If you're new to my channel then I need to caveat this by saying that I love dividends and was able to retire in my 40s once my dividend income grew larger than my expenses so clearly I'm biased towards dividends. Thus, it shouldn't be surprising that I talk way more about the positives rather than the negatives about dividends. Though in my last video I did show you what could happen if you end up not having enough dividends to retire on. So now let's explore the dark side of dividends, since it's always prudent to consider things from all the angles, because nothing in life is all good or all bad. Well, we do have a nice lady named All Good on my dividend discord server who posts daily uplifting messages to everyone, but other than her, nothing is all good. To kick things off, one con to dividend investing is that it's slow. The whole strategy is a get rich slowly thing, not a get rich quick thing. Is that really a con? That depends on your perspective. To me that's actually a pro because I focus on the fact that you can get rich with quality dividend companies and I don't focus on the fact that it takes a long time. Anything good in life is hard and takes time and whenever someone talks about getting rich quickly I think about scams. Unfortunately, most people don't have the patience or fortitude to stick it out with long-term investing. Heck, most people won't stick with anything over the long term, even though the rewards for doing so can be great. Let's take a look at how a dividend snowball could grow slowly over the decades using my Portfolio Growth Simulator tool in my Best Dividend Stock Spreadsheet Portfolio Tracker product. I'll tell you how you can get access to my spreadsheet at the end of this video if you're so interested. Let's pretend you start with a portfolio worth $5,000 with a 3-year average weighted dividend CAGR of 8%, an average weighted starting yield of 3%, and a quarterly share price increase of 1.75%, and let's assume we invest $200 a quarter into it. Those all seem like realistic numbers to me to estimate things. My simulation says that by year 10, your $5,000 portfolio could have grown to almost $24,000, assuming you were dripping, and you could be making $763 a year in dividends. Not bad, though 10 years of doing anything consistently is hard. Very hard. Most people won't stick with investing through the tough times, and heck, most people don't even start. It's pretty common to find people who will start and then quit as soon as their portfolio goes down. And some people start, but then real life hits them in the face and they have to sell or whatever. I have no issues with people who have to sell some or all of their portfolio. There can be valid reasons to do that. And if you do, you just gotta get back on that investing horse and focus on the future, not what happened. And for the minority of you that can take the punches and keep getting back on that horse, well I'm confident you'll do well over the long run. By your 20 or $5,000 portfolio could have grown to 79 grand, assuming you were dripping, and you could be making about $2,700 a year in dividends. Getting better. If we jump to year 50, we see that a $5,000 portfolio could have grown to 2.1 million and could be yielding $93,000 a year in dividends. Awesome. Now those numbers don't account for inflation or taxes, but at least if you're in a Roth then you wouldn't be worrying about taxes. Of course, is it realistic for your portfolio stocks to raise their dividends for 50 years? Well, the kings have done it. Will they do so for another 50 years? I don't know, ask me in 50 years and I'll tell you, but I'm betting that many of my stocks will. Okay, another con for dividend investing is that some great companies don't pay dividends, and if you only invest in dividend stocks then you're missing out on things like Google and Amazon and companies like that. You would also be missing out on smaller cap, potentially hyper growth companies, aka the ones that have a higher likelihood of 10 bagging it. But that also doesn't mean you have to invest in non-dividend companies to do well. I mean dividend companies can also grow by a factor of 10. Look at how Apple and Microsoft have done in the last decade. More importantly is what you think they will do in the next decade. And you don't need home runs to do well in the stock market. You can do very well with lots of singles. Think of Moneyball. 
That was the movie where Brad Pitt played the general manager of a baseball team, and he listened to the advice of his young assistant who had revolutionary ideas on how to measure players' value. And he realized that hiring inexpensive players who could get on base would do more for them than just hiring superstar players. Dividend investing reminds me of that sort of strategy. Getting dividends in quality companies is like hitting singles over and over and over. It's the classic tortoise versus hare. The dividend tortoise just keeps mosing along, not tiring out, but also probably not racing ahead. I took a couple race car driving classes for fun a few years ago, and there's a saying that slow is smooth, smooth is fast. What does that mean? Well, you don't want to be erratic with your driving, you want to be controlled. Don't overcorrect too much when you make mistakes. Don't race too aggressively. Don't slam and yank, just flow. Drive methodically and stably. The saying, slow is smooth, smooth is fast, has a lot of nuance to it. Apparently it was the SEALs who came up with it, as they realized that there are many situations when we want to react quickly and start moving, but in your efforts to move quickly, you end up slowing down the operation. Take your time with investing. Don't get caught up in the FOMO of the moment. Don't overreact to the YouTubers who preach doom and gloom because they sold out and they want things to crash or are shorting things, and don't overreact to the positive polys where everything is always perfect. Take a step back, slow down, think, do things correctly, stay in the fight. Okay, a big con that is often called out about dividends is that people don't like that they are effectively taxed twice. The first instance of taxation occurs before you receive your dividends because the corporation issuing them from their net income has to pay taxes on their annual earnings and it's those earnings that generate the company's dividend payments. The second taxation occurs when you, as the investor, may owe personal income tax on any dividends you earn over the course of a given tax year. So this double taxation means you're paying tax both as a partial company owner and as an individual. Then again the same thing kinda happens to you at work. I mean a company is taxed and it pays you a salary, and then your salary is taxed, so I don't lose too much sleep over that argument. Another con some people bring up is that with any stocks, you can effectively manufacture your own dividend by selling shares whenever you want, and that's arguably better doing that since you can control what and how much you sell, thus it all means you can control your finances and taxes more. Another taxation con worth calling out is some international stocks or people may have extra taxes associated with buying international dividends, along with potentially more complexity come tax time. Unforeseen taxation can also be a con of dividends. Like, you might think you won't owe any tax on your dividends, and then come tax time you find out that you do in fact owe some money. I mean, the tax on qualified dividends are good, but if you make wage income, like most people do, then you still may owe tax on dividends that you hold in taxable accounts. There can also be unforeseen tax consequences based on the type of dividend stock you own relative to the brokerage account type you hold it in. Like, if you own a REIT or an MLP in certain types of brokerage accounts, then you may have more complexities come tax time that you could have avoided if you simply held non-dividend stocks. So what should you do? Just continue to educate yourself about investing so you don't have unforeseen things that happen to you and so you can strategically navigate as it's optimal for you. Oftentimes people don't educate themselves enough about investing they end up making mistakes that otherwise could have been avoided. Some uneducated investors will buy a stock just because it has a dividend, which is a terrible reason to invest. You always need to make sure that the company you're investing in has a solid future, not just that it has a dividend. Another mistake that is sometimes tied to lack of education is when someone invests in high-yield stocks without understanding the associated risks that come with those stocks. Learn why a stock's yield is high before you invest. Have people been selling out of the stock causing its price to drop and its yield to go up? That could be a buying opportunity for you, or all the selling pressure might be due to new risks that you should be aware of. A falling stock price doesn't mean bad company, it just means people are voting it down with their wallets. Like think of Exxon last year. It was around 40 bucks due to all the pessimism that oil had, 
but now it's up almost 150% from its low. Or think of higher yielding tobacco stocks. Are you okay with their risks? The real issue with yield chasing is when people tunnel vision on yield and weigh it too highly as part of their investing criteria. Okay, another con stemming from lack of education is not understanding when a company's dividends aren't sustainable. Like if you invest in a dividend stock, but you have no idea what payout ratio is, then you might want to slow down and learn a bit more. Or if you don't understand how to evaluate REITs, you'll probably draw poor conclusions by interpreting REIT data incorrectly. If you aren't educated enough to dividends, you might think that they're guaranteed, but they aren't. Nothing in investing is guaranteed. Tied to nothing being guaranteed is another con, which is when dividend investors aren't financially prepared if their company cuts or suspends their dividend payout. That can happen, so be careful and have your emergency fund. Anyways, if your company does cut or suspend their dividend, then that usually leads to a cratering stock price, which can't be sucky for you as a shareholder. Non-dividend stocks don't have to deal with a dividend cut slamming the stock. So dividend stocks are not guaranteed golden tickets. They're also not a substitute for bonds. I mean, I'm guilty of saying that I see utilities as the bonds of my portfolio, but dividend stocks are still equities, and they aren't as safe as U.S. Treasuries or whatever. And don't think of dividends as free money, as they aren't. You see, when a company pays a dividend, it normally lowers the cash on their balance sheet, which then lowers the equity value of the company. That means the company is worth less, not worthless, but worth less because they're paying some cash out to you. Now, I personally think it's a great thing to get cash now, because I'd rather have that money in my pocket rather than that money always sitting in my business's coffers, but even paying out cash is a trade-off which some people call a con about dividend investing. Specifically, I'm talking about the fact that some people would rather a company not pay out dividends and instead use that money to grow faster. Those people seem to think that more money automatically means more growth, and that's not always the case. Throwing money at something doesn't always make it work better or faster. Now, it's not uncommon for dividend haters to say that Berkshire Hathaway doesn't pay dividends, thus Warren Buffett must not like them. That's a bizarre argument. Let's put aside the fact that the majority of Berkshire's investments are in dividend-paying companies. Let's instead listen to what Buffett meant when he was speaking at an annual Berkshire conference and he said, We don't pay dividends because we think we can turn every dollar we retain into more than a dollar of market value. If we come to the conclusion that we can't do that, and we could come to that conclusion sometime, then we should distribute it to you. So Buffett is saying that for now, he and Munger and their managers can deliver more total returns for their shareholders if they don't pay a dividend and instead use all that cash for growth activities. That makes sense because he's one of the world's best investors and because he's running a conglomerate where he can move cash around where it enables good growth. However, don't come to the conclusion that he hates dividends because he also said, the interesting thing is we're in certain businesses, for example, C's Candy being one, where we don't have a way to intelligently use all of the money that C's generates within the C's Candy company. So if C's were a standalone company, it would pay very large dividends. The Buffalo News is the same way. We hope that in the overall Berkshire Hathaway scheme of things, that we can intelligently use the money that the companies in aggregate generate for us. Or to restate that, Buffett is saying there are appropriate times for companies to pay dividends, and he would pay a dividend under certain circumstances in his own businesses if they were standalone and not part of his conglomerate. And to really prove that point, he said, A company that expects to regularly earn more than it can profitably employ in its business should be paying out dividends. If our stock was not underpriced and we fell, we would probably do something by a dividend. So saying that since Berkshire Hathaway doesn't pay dividends that Warren Buffett must not like them is simply incorrect based on what he said. Now it's always smart to listen to Buffett, and one of the things he said in those quotes was highlighting how important total returns are for an investment. And that leads to a con I sometimes see, which is that some people tunnel vision on dividends rather than also think about total returns. Yes, there can be times when focusing on dividends more than total returns can make sense. 
Like, maybe you're a retired person and you want to be hands-off on your cash flow, so you invest in something which you don't expect will grow too much, but you believe will provide a steady stream of income. Bottom line, I think you probably should think about total returns and cash flow, and probably not just cash flow and nothing else. And as you get closer to retirement, it often makes sense to ease off the accelerator of total returns and put a greater focus on cash flow. But if you're young and optimizing yield over total returns, then you might want to reconsider things. In fact, I recently had a discussion with my daughter who wanted to focus more on dividend stocks versus her positions in Google and Amazon because she loves seeing dividends come in. And for some young people that might make sense. There are never any absolutes in investing. Well, I guess saying that is an absolute itself, but you get my point. What I mean is that for some young people, focusing on cash flow now could make sense. Like maybe they got kicked out of their house at 18 and now really need cash flow to be able to make it, so total returns taking a back seat to income now is probably prudent. But for most young people, I'd say focus on total returns rather than cash flow, and remember you can do both as well. Okay, another con of dividend investing is that there is a higher likelihood that some people will make investing decisions purely based on how frequently a company pays out a dividend or what specific months they pay out. Like monthly paying dividend stocks often get more love than quarterly paying ones. And sure, there is a minor benefit to faster compounding from getting paid more frequently, but what really matters is if the company paying the dividend is a good one, not how often or when it pays out. A company paying you every second may not be as good of an investment as a great company that pays you once a year, or whatever. The reality is that if you want money to come in at certain intervals, then simply budget your dividend cash flow and then withdraw it when you need it. Like if you want to get paid monthly, but you only have quarterly paying stocks, just take one third of the quarterly amount and spend it each month and voila, you've artificially created a monthly paying stock out of a quarterly paying dividend company. So your takeaway from all that is to always invest in great companies and educate yourself, and everything else will follow from that. And now I'd like to congratulate you for getting to this point in the video. These days in the TikTok world of 3 second sound bites, many people don't have the patience to actually listen to an entire video. They don't spend the time to educate themselves on financial concepts like you're doing right now. And that alone sets you apart from the majority of investors, which itself is a minority of people. I congratulate you for taking investing seriously, and I bet that you'll be one of the people that will get wealthy as the years go on. Please leave me a comment if you did make it to this point in the video, because I really want to see who the serious investors are out there. Okay, another con to dividend investing is if you ignore the price of a stock and just buy shares regardless if it's expensive, because you're only focused on your dividend income going up. What I mean is that you get more dividend stocks, your potential forward cash flow immediately increases, aka what some people call PADI, or projected annual dividend income, immediately goes up. And the allure of seeing your PADI go up may outweigh your patience to wait for a good price. Waiting for a good price isn't timing the market, it's buying at a discount. Companies eventually become cheap, though it can take a long time for that to happen. And if you do buy when things are expensive, then at least make sure you're buying quality. Okay, another con to dividend paying companies is that they kind of force management's hand. What I mean is that a key focus of management is how to deploy capital, i.e. do they buy back stock, pay down debt, invest it internally, do an acquisition, etc. But if a company has been paying a dividend for a long time, then they know that their investors will punish them if they cut their dividend, and thus the management team can be somewhat shackled by that reality. Do you really want your management team to feel like they gotta use capital to pay dividends, or would you rather give them more flexibility to do what they want? Something to think about. Okay, another classic con called out about dividends is that after a stock goes ex-dividend, the share price typically drops by the amount of the dividend paid. So who cares about dividends if all that happens is that the stock price falls by the amount of the dividend you got paid? I mean, you could just sell some of your Google stock and manufacture your own dividend. Well, things are more nuanced than that. Investopedia says that the declaration of a dividend naturally encourages investors to purchase stock. 
Because investors know that they'll receive a dividend if they purchase the stock before the ex-dividend date, they are willing to pay a premium. This caused the price of a stock to increase in the days leading up to the ex-dividend date. In general, the increase is about equal to the amount of the dividend, but the actual price change is based on the market activity and not determined by any governing entity. That's important so let me restate it. In general, dividend stock prices get pushed up due to buying at an amount that is roughly equal to how much the stock price gets pushed down due to the dividend payout. And if that's true, then why does that happen? Well, because of market psychology. If a company has a history of paying a dividend, and the market feels that the company will continue to generate enough cash flow to keep paying one, then knowing stock prices drop by the dividend could cause enough extra buyers to prop it up beforehand to ultimately cancel things out. And beyond that, there's market psychology which seems to happen, where as stock prices fall and yields go up, it draws in more investors that want to lock in higher yields, so it kind of acts like a yield safety net. Anyways, dividends are a significant return of stocks, and as I've shown you in multiple studies, dividend stocks have outperformed non-dividend stocks on average over long periods of time. And you have people like Jack Bogle saying he likes dividends, and Wharton Professor Jeremy Siegel is a huge dividend bull, and countless others. The key thing is to educate yourself, invest in quality, and win. Okay, if you're interested in getting access to my spreadsheet product, then go to patreon.com, search for Gen X Dividend Investor, and then if I have any seats open at the Aristocratic King tiers, then sign up. And within a few hours, I'll email you instructions on how to access my spreadsheet, along with we'll share some private tutorial videos on how to use it. I tend to sell out of my seats quickly when I open them up, and as of this moment that I'm making this video, I'm sold out, but just refresh my Patreon page every so often, and I'm sure you can snag it if you're interested. I limit access to how many Patreon aristocrats and kings I'll allow because of the time each one takes me to support. Anyways, now I'll shout out my newest Patreon aristocrats who managed to sign up since my last video. So thank you Dual Dude who signed up for an entire year, giving him a 10% discount. Thank you Azor85 who also signed up for an entire year. Thank you Kid Bodie P. Thank you X the Most Shadiest. Thank you Anejo. Thank you Matthew D. Thank you Noah. Thank you Oda aka Bill. Thank you Angelo D. Thank you Kirills F. And thank you Sir Dom. Aristocrats gain access to my dividend portfolio tracker spreadsheet, which I use in lots of my videos, and they get special access to various private channels on my Discord, including one which lets you watch my videos before I release them publicly on YouTube, as well as lets you vote on which thumbnail I should use, and of course you get more direct access to me. Finally, I urge everyone to join my free dividend Discord chat server, which has thousands of dividend investors on it from around the world. Regardless of what you do, please hit the thumbs up button, subscribe if you haven't yet, and click that bell notification. Thanks for watching, stay positive, and I'll talk to you again real soon. I am not a financial advisor, and these videos are for entertainment, inspiration, and educational purposes only. Investing of any kind involves risk. I am only sharing my opinion with no guarantee of gains or losses on investments.